Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Hey, welcome back. This is episode 222 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. And this week, I I have the distinct pleasure to welcome back a previous guest, someone that I am just delighted to get to talk to again. Uh, not only is he a return guest, but someone that I'm very fond of and uh, really hope to get to meet in person one day. Uh, I am talking about Victor Aquista. Uh, Victor was last with us in July of 2020, episode 127. I invite you to go back and check that episode out. Uh, but yeah, it's a great episode, and uh, so is today's. Today is just as great. Uh, he is so good to talk to, and uh, we have a wonderful conversation talking about his uh, the book that he did last time, Sentient, and there's some updates about that that uh, he, he shares with us. Really cool stuff. We're discussing how his new book series, The Saga of Venom and Flame, was originally one book, and how this turned into two. Uh, we talk about how the books are developed and how he blends all the genres uh, that are included within it and uh, how he found that midway point to wrap up the first book, but yet at the same time lead the reader into book two. We also touch on his favorite thing to do, which is bringing thought-provoking ideas into the story, which kind of feeds into how he likes to raise awareness uh, in his writing. So that and so much more. Oh, and an absolutely wonderful and and maybe slightly chilling uh, reading at the end of this to his new book, uh, which is book two of this series. Uh, the book just came out August 23rd. It's available right now. So after you're all done today, make sure you click the link in the show notes for everything Victor and for this book so you can go and pick one up for yourself. It's absolutely fantastic and you're going to love it. As for me, I took a little time away. I had to, uh, well, I mean, I had a lot on my plate there. I still have a lot on my plate, but there, a week ago, I ended up taking some time for myself. I went ahead and finished up my short story I've been talking about. Had had to have that done by September 1st to be turned in. And, uh, you know, like any like any writer out there, I uh, kind of procrastinated. <laughs> I kept saying I was working on it and... I was. I was thinking about it constantly and kind of working out ideas for it. But uh, yeah, last week, essentially starting Sunday before the 1st, uh, whatever that was, uh, August 28th maybe or something like that, 27th, that was when I really sat down and started, like I picked up the first thousand words that I'd written and started rewriting that and then kind of continued from there over the next few nights. And my wife was sitting next to me one night and she was watching me write and giving me ideas and uh it it's it's a lot of fun it's called it's a short story it's called the uh the tourist trap and it's a uh it's a little story about uh, about a little fudge shop in mid-missouri and uh people come in and they get this well there's some magical fudge being brought on by these mysterious uh, these mysterious guys that run the place, and uh, there's some secrets and <laughs> some, so a little bit of uh, silliness. Uh, you know, I like I like silliness, but 
it, it's it's fun. I had a lot of fun writing it, and um, I got it turned in on time, so that's cool. And I've already gotten back uh, a couple of uh, uh, feedback from a couple of people within the uh, the book that this is going to. So um, I'm actually doing readings of their work right now, so I can give them my notes. So as soon as I finish that, then I'll go into my editing. Uh, but what's interesting is I spent the Labor Day weekend with my in-laws. And we had a long drive ahead of us, so my wife printed off my short story and read it aloud in the uh, in the truck as we were driving. And we would talk about it, and it, it's amazing, you know, how many times you go over a story. Even, even though this was just my first draft, I, I've learned that I kind of I kind of write, write first drafts. Well, and it's not fair to say that I write them clean because <laughs> I don't. But I was very happy with it. I'll put it that way. And then to hear as she's reading it, hearing mistakes, hearing problems, things that don't work, uh, was just kind of astounding to me. Like picking it up as she's writing it. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, make a note right there. I got to change that. And uh, that was really cool. So, I mean, that that's a good way to do it. And, man, it really gave me a, a throwback feeling to uh, sitting down with my writing group, uh, which which is what this uh, this anthology is from is from my writing group here in uh, in warrensburg they're the ones putting it on and i was just really touched that they invited me to to come in there since i haven't been able to attend in so long but uh it, it's great it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, i think it's gonna be a, a really fun book and i'm enjoying the stories that the uh, the other stories i've been reading for it so far and uh, as soon as it's ready i will definitely let you all know uh, but i did like I said, did get away for the weekend, was gone for Labor Day, so, you know, had all that stuff to work on last week, and then got ready for the trip, and was gone until uh, late Monday of Labor Day, and then just getting ready for the week, and then right off the bat at work today, uh, some things are going on that I've got to, you know, putting out fires, so it's it's been a busy day, but there's still not going to be any rest for me, because here in just a few more days, this weekend... Saturday the 10th, is that right? The 10th? Yeah, September 10th. I will be at a place, uh, a, at a winery in Clinton, Missouri. Uh, they are having an event called the Junk Fest. <laughs> Lots of vendors. So all kinds of really unique gifts and stuff uh, being sold there. And, and I will be there. I will have a booth. I'll be selling books. So if you happen to be in the mid-Missouri area, uh, the Primitive Old Crow in Clinton, Missouri is where that's going to be, and it's a really cool place. Uh, they have build-your-own-pizzas there that they cook in a stone oven, uh, live music. Uh, you know, like I said, it's a, there's a winery there. They have wine and uh, all kinds of, man, they have all kinds of flavored coffee. Really good stuff, too. Uh, lots to offer, and that's just at the uh, the store there. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of vendors. I've been seeing different ones post online. So make sure you're following the show, um, or at least my author page so that you can find out more information and, uh, you can come on by and say hi and, uh, we'll uh, be happy to talk to you for a while and, uh, talk about books or whatever, you know, maybe tell me about your favorite episode of the show. But, uh, anyway, that's coming up this Saturday. It's, uh, most of the day, but, uh, oh gosh, you know, I wish I was more prepared for that. I know it's it's something like 10 a.m. to like 2 or 3 a, uh, p.m. So certainly midday. 
like I said, follow follow the show and me on social media, and I will have the links shared pronto by the time this episode is up. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm terrible, terrible. Oh man, how is it? How is it? I love doing this show and promoting other authors, but when it comes time to promote myself and my books, you know, I'm I'm like, oh, what time is that? Hey, when is that happening? Oh gosh, just terrible. Can't promote myself. <laughs> well, then how about instead I go ahead and promote my sponsor, Scrivener. They're my favorite writing tool. Uh, I use them with all of my stories, including this short story. And it was so much fun to have information that I brought over from another story. And if you're a follower of any of my books, you're going to see some little nods in it to some of my other books. You know, you got to be like a you got to be someone who follows my stories to pick up on them, probably, because they're just fun for me to, to put in their little uh, uh, little Easter eggs. Uh, but it was it was really cool how it worked out that way. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, Scrivener. <laughs> Scrivener makes it all possible uh, for me to pull up the information in the other stories and bring that information over uh, to compile everything. And, of course, once I was all done, just you know, put it over into a Word file and send it off to the uh, anthology, uh, the folks putting the anthology together. So much fun. Hey, check out this advertisement and find out how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. <laughs> thank you once again to Scrivener. Uh, as always, I do want to thank my affiliate. We do still have an affiliate link down in the show notes for Writer's Block Coffee. They have three delicious flavors uh, for you to choose from, and you can choose one. Uh, or you can try them all, set it up on automatic shipping, or just order one time and see what you think. But uh, no matter what, I'm sure you're going to love it like I do. And uh, whenever you go there, you can either click that link in the show notes to get you on over to our storefront, or you can just do the, go to the checkout at writersblockcoffee.com and make sure to enter the code SAMPLECHAPTER and save 10% on your order. Uh, speaking of coffee, again... Uh, I want to make sure and remind everybody about my link for Buy Me a Coffee. If you're a fan of the show, if you believe in what I'm doing here and you, you want to help out the show, help support it, be a fan, uh, become have, help this become a fan-supported show, then uh, hop on over to the link in the show notes for buymeacoffee.com. Share whatever you think you, uh, you would like to do. And I will make sure to share my appreciation in an upcoming episode. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm still playing with that. I haven't done too much with it since I turned it on, but I got I know I see that there's all kinds of things I can do that uh, I need to 
I need to make some time and get in there and see what else I can do, what kind of offers I can make. But check that out. Uh, and finally, don't forget to get on over to popgoesaculture.com and check out all the fine shows over there. All of them wonderful, all of them hilarious, and all of them pop culture related. All right. Uh, of course, as always, I was talking before about social media. You can follow the show at Sample Chapter Podcast on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you are not a social media type person, but you want to reach out to the show, you can do so at SampleChapterPodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail by calling 1-660-851-1146. And uh, make sure to leave me a voicemail. Give me something to, give me something to play on an upcoming episode. Cause it could the next voice you hear could be yours. <laughs> I am so full of cheese tonight. I tell you. Well, hey, uh, enough of all this cheese. Let's go ahead and get on over to my wonderful friend of the show and uh, esteemed author, Victor Acosta. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Welcome back. Uh, this week, we have a very special return guest and friend of the show uh, from way back in episode 127, uh, July of 2020. We are welcoming back Victor Aquista. Uh, Dr. Victor Aquista has become a successful international author and speaker following careers as a primary care physician and medical executive. He is known for writing to raise consciousness. And last time he was here, we were talking about his uh, his most recent book at that time, Sentient, uh, which was an outstanding book. It's got lots of attention. And those who follow the show, uh, apparently you guys are big fans of the book as I am. So it, it's got a lot of downloads. Uh, we had a very good chat and I'll make sure to share that episode again here real soon. But today we are going to be talking to Victor about his new uh, series that he's writing. And book two is coming out very, very soon. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome back to the show, Victor Aquista. Jason, thanks so much for having me back. And um, let me express my thanks to your listeners. You know, when we um, had that interview a couple of years ago, we really did have a lot of fun. And I, I listened to it again not long ago and just was smiling Um it, it was just a wonderful uh, sharing discussion that we had together. And I appreciate the chance to uh, hopefully have a repeat performance today. <laughs> well, you know, my guests are the ones who make the show so great. So I'm just the, I'm just the, uh, the, the carafe, the, the vessel. I'm just here uh, to shine the spotlight on you all. My guests are the ones who make it so special. So uh, and and definitely last time I had a, a wonderful time talking to you. It was it was a fun episode. And uh, yeah, the fans also seem to really enjoy it. So uh, speaking of last time, we were talking about uh, about your book at that point, Sentient. And uh, I understand since then it's it's done really well. And, and you've even got some uh, some news about it. So tell us about Sentient. Well, that was my debut um, novel. It's a science fiction novel. And recently I signed a contract uh, with a foreign publisher for a German translation. I, I don't know the exact publication date. I was told it might be in October, 
that it would come out in German, but uh, recently it look, looks to me like they pushed that back and it, it may not actually come out till 2023, but it's in the works and uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is great. Uh, it's, you know, and you mentioned before the, uh, before we got started, how, what a great feeling to find uh, interest in your book in other markets and uh, outside the country. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it came as a bit of a surprise to me. Um, and, you know, I, I hope uh, that the German language readers will enjoy it as much as, uh, you know, some of the English language readers have. Yes, I hope so, too. Well, so since then, you have uh, stayed quite busy with uh, starting a series, the uh, Saga of Venom and Flame. And uh, the first book of that series, Serpent Rising, came out to great success. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, well, Serpent Rising is um, hard to categorize. It's got a lot of mystery, suspense, conspiracy theory, thriller elements. Um, it's, uh, you know, contemporary fiction, adventure, saga. There, did I, did it, is that enough tags? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got, it's got a lot of elements, but uh, book one in that series is, is really um, in the narrative structure of a hero's journey, or in this case, a heroine's journey. The main character there is a young woman who is quite dysfunctional. She had a traumatic episode as a child and is essentially a pill-popping, uh, jobless, um, dysfunctional. The traumatic episode was a failed initiation uh, um, to an order of light bringers. Uh, light bringers are carriers of truth because the book is, is really about uh, the fact that humankind has difficulty uh, distinguishing truth from falsehood. Um, and that goes back to antiquity. In any case, that, that, that book is largely her uh, coming to understand uh, that she has a destiny to play and uh, reluctantly embracing that destiny. There's a, a lot of um, adventure and misadventure until she gets to the point where uh, she's gone through uh, training to um, you know, become um, a Candelaria. That's the sect of light bringers that, that she is, is eventually initiated into um, and to become a full-fledged Candelaria, which is really where that book one ends. Hmm. Okay. And, and this is really cool because it's kind of following along. Well, like you were saying, is you've got all the different tags on there. And we talked a little bit about that before, the, before we began. Uh, the uh, our, our mutual love for genre, different genres, uh, speculative fiction and such. And was that something that you were aware of when you wrote uh, that you were looking for something in a specific area or just kind of following the muse? Well, in this case, I, I had a desire to write about what I, I think is a fundamental human dilemma that we have trouble distinguishing truth from falsehood and that makes us vulnerable to misinformation and manipulation propaganda mind control kinds of things 
So that was really the underlying uh, premise that I wanted to explore. And I wanted to have a female protagonist and I like flawed protagonists. So uh, one thing kind of led to another and um, you know, the, the uh, plot structure and character arc uh, came to me gradually um, as I was beginning to make notes and do research and, and what have you. And, and what came out really turned out to be something relatively cross genre, although, um, you know, as writers, and, and I know you're an excellent author yourself, you know, we're encouraged to come up with like a two sentence elevator pitch. So let me give you, let me give you for the series. Um, it's a gripping tale cataloging a dysfunctional young woman's global quest to discover her true identity and expose an ancient conspiracy, blending the Da Vinci Code and The Force Awakens, featuring a sassy heroine and a soulful geek at its heart. So that's my elevator pitch. <laughs> that's, that's a great pitch. Oh my gosh. Wow. It really paints a picture. Well, thanks. <laughs> and what I find, uh, you know, really cool too, and something I can kind of relate to is that you were telling me before that uh, when you were writing this, this was, you planned this as one book, but at, at what point did you realize that uh, there's going to be more here that it, you know, was this like in the planning stage or as you started writing or uh, when did you realize that? It was about 400 pages into it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got about a, you know, another close to 400 pages to go. So I, I've got to um, you know, wrap this one up. But there was a natural segue point um, where the main character had completed her training, which involves a, a series of chakra openings that um, kind of um, activate her, as it were. And... Uh, most of, of the, you know, the series or half of it is about her, um, you know, adventure in different parts of the world where she undergoes these series of chakra openings, these mystical, metaphysical kinds of things. And um, that was a good point to end it at when she returns, because the classic hero's journey is you start, there's a call to action. Um, and then you go on this adventure, which is usually um, characterized by you know, have, having some people along the way who help you and um, having misadventures and trials and tribulations. But eventually you make it back to where you started. But when you when you return, you are changed, you're transformed. And so that was a natural point to. Uh, end book one, and then book two is really uh, okay. Now, now I have this new skill set. What do I do? Uh, it's, it's the the bad guys are introduced in book one, but all the bad things I have planned, or, or and and then you know how do we? Well, how does Serena? That's the main character. Uh, how does she? What does she need to do to oppose them and and prevent them from? doing all the bad things that they're in the process of doing. Mm. Okay. So it sounds like this could, uh, the series could be going on for a little while. No, actually I concluded it at the end of, uh, of this second book because 
Um, you know, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but uh, the, you know, the, the big confrontation in foiling the, the, the plans of the Illuminati, those are the, the bad guys collectively, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, their efforts to establish a new world order. Um, you know, how Serena manages to be successful is, is really, you know, at the end of that story, okay, the good guys won, the bad guys lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that, that's, you're, you are just full of surprises, so I did not see that coming. I think, I'll, but, you know, at the same time, I think that's extremely brave, too, because a lot of authors would be much more inclined to like, okay, well, you know, how many more times can I string you know strain this out and get more stories and how long can i stretch it out and uh but to restrain yourself to a tight story is what it sounds like and uh close it out so quickly is is uh admirable well well thanks and to to be completely candid there is um an opening to write a bigger story that that this story was is embedded in, and it, it has to do with um, extraterrestrial influences on human development, um, because there is there is a, a character that uh, is described as a transdimensional being, but you know people familiar with this kind of stuff will recognize that um, this this you know master planner as it were um, has uh, extraterrestrial origins and so um, n- now that he he's <laughs> you know his instrument of accomplishing what he wants to accomplish and and the, you know those forces that he represents want to accomplish um those were the Illuminati and they they kind of get defeated, but he he's he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is the opportunity to kind of take it up to a higher level, but that then it's really gonna get into um speculative fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and considering that uh, book one, Serpent Rising, won the International Book Award uh, for New Age Fiction, I mean, I can only imagine that the sky's the limit for book two, which everybody listening is coming out here uh, very soon. Uh, what is it? It's August... Uh, August 23rd. August 23rd. Wow. So, yeah, it sounds like the uh, it's got quite the ceiling of uh, potential for what this uh, what this book can do. Well, I, I hope, um, you know, that, uh, you know, the series is uh, successful. Um, you know, anytime you do something creative, create something that you want to share with people, you hope that a lot of people have, you know, an interest in, in checking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, the award for best new age fiction um is really related to you know the fact that there are a lot of new age elements um chakra openings you know that falls in the in the category of some of the new age things but there's a lot of metaphysics there's a lot of myth and um uh, kind of rich things that cross into the realm of 
you know, what people often consider to be new age, but it's all, it's all wrapped up in a, in a story that, that has a lot of details, uh, like four years worth of research details. Um, and I, you know, tried to make it educational as well as entertaining. That's kind of the way I, I, I try to have all my books, but, uh, but I also like to include some social themes, social messaging. And, and there is, you know, this notion of truth versus falsehood and, and how you know, we are vulnerable to things like fake news, the stuff I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it ties back to your, uh, your mantra, uh, the, the, what you strive to, which is writing to raise consciousness and, you're telling a story, but you like to you know, bring that something extra. You're, you're doing more than just telling a story. You're bringing awareness uh, to, uh, to things that may, we may not be thinking of. Yeah, I, I like when I read something that's thought provoking, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I need to think about that some more. Uh, but, you know, not in a way that detracts from the, the plot, the story, the characters, mm-hmm. You know the the tension and the conflict. It's like, oh yeah, the, he the author is getting me to think about some of this stuff, and I I like that when I read a book. Yeah, I I do too, and it's one of those things that always surprises me. Whenever I find myself just kind of, it, it doesn't really take me out, but I find myself uh, at the same time just kind of thinking, that, oh, you know, I hadn't thought of that before, and that's that's interesting. I just kind of mental note and tie in the back of my mind and it's it's a good way of having a book stick in your head uh long after you've finished it yeah i think that's an excellent point because that's what we strive for to have you know characters that uh, stick in people's heads even after once they're done with the book to have a story and then you know some of these themes um that you know people continue to say oh yeah I'm, i'm still thinking about that Mm-hmm. I, uh, I struggled for, oh gosh, for weeks. Uh, my, my main character in this series that I'm doing, I was trying to have him have a, a great, uh, he was finally having his face off against his, uh, the guy that's going to be his mortal enemy uh, going forward. And he, I, I wanted to have him have this great speech that would be reference referential to some old eighties movies and such. And, nothing I could come up with was, was working. And I finally realized after working on it over and over again, I finally realized I don't have to have something for him good for him to say, because he's not good at this either. So I just wrote something stupid (laughs) and and then have him self reference that later on of, Oh God, I've got to work on that. Like that was, that, you know, that, that was terrible. I mean, not that anybody was paying attention to it other than the reader, Uh, but I just found that was a good way. And I've had a few people comment on that, 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 you know, they were expecting at that point, there's this buildup, like he's going to say something remarkable and no, it's just something stupid. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I like that. I, I, I I like that. That's, that's genius. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, but yeah, at the same time, I hope I haven't painted myself into a corner because now it's like, okay, going forward, I get into that position. He's got to say something better. So we'll see, but I guess as long as it's better than last time, then uh, we'll see what happens. But (laughs) well, it's all part of that character arc, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, see, and now 
different from your series when I, I when I was writing, uh, beginning to think about Bandit, um, it was just an idea of that I thought I could do one book. But as I started to write it out, I realized how big it would grow and the potential for more. If I can, if I decided to continue that, I guess I could have cut it down to one story, but um, I don't know. I just kind of thought I can, this would be a fun place to play in. So it's unique for me to hear that when you were beginning that you knew you had more than one, but yet you were able to keep that restraint so that way you can tie it all down into a tight story and just two books. And I'm, I'm on my second one and I, there's no way I could, I'm not going to be finishing up for a while. I can, I can tell. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that some, uh, characters and series get, uh, milked for too, too many books and it, mm. it begins to, to get tiresome. And I don't, I, I don't, write that way uh i i write for the story that i have to tell and then when i'm done telling it that's it i i i don't have to go back to those characters although i have had i i have had people ask me you know on my sci-fi novel oh you should write you should write a you know you should pick it up where it where it ended and and i'd really <laughs> like you to write about this character it's like yeah eh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like I told that story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I, that's, that's always fun when you get, uh, get that. It's good to have the fan interaction though, to hear that they're, they're invested in the characters. That's a good thing. A good feeling. Oh yeah. Well, it tells me that people are, you know, investing and engaging in the book. And, and I, I love that, you know, that, that's, that's like mother's milk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Now, one of the things uh, from last time that we were talking about, you were also podcasting and uh, you were going really well with uh, the Podfobbler, uh, which I became a big fan of and was listening to that. But it uh, it sadly had to come to an end. What uh, what what did we have? Uh, or excuse me, what uh, became a Podfobbler? Well, you know, pod, Podfobble was a made up word and it means um to to loaf to goof off to spend time doing non-productive things so podfather productions was always um you know a paradox because it required a lot of work <laughs> it required <laughs> me to do a lot a lot of stuff um and i found that i really wanted to get back to more pod following <laughs> you know but but in truth I, I found that it, after 40 episodes, it was just uh, taking away too much time from what I really wanted to do, which was write. And, you know, I joke, I joke around about being a pod fobbler. I'm really not. Um, I, I'd like to be more than I am. <laughs> but, you know, I'm keeping myself busy. And I, I won't say that I've ended doing it. I've just indefinitely suspended doing it. Mm hmm. Yeah, but you know, again, I mean, you were doing that completely on your own, and that was quite a production. Yeah, it, you know, putting in the sound effects and um, you know, working with the different authors that I was, um, you know, asking them to submit things, and then uh, polishing up my 
narration and scripting out the shows. I mean, there was a lot of production work behind the scenes, which you can appreciate because, you know, you, you, you do a lot of this too. And then some of the sound editing, it just, it, it became too much of uh, a, too much work to continue to produce shows and then, you know, continue to write and all the things that go with writing, which are, you know, editing the work and then marketing and and promoting your work and doing, keeping up with social media. I mean, there's only so much time uh, available to, you know, to devote. Uh, So there's, there's not unlimited resources here just from the, the human manpower ability to to do these different tasks yeah exactly yeah and it does it it is a time suck and (laughs) (laughs) i since we last talked uh, so july well but gosh two years ago uh since then i've had to change my schedule for the show uh, multiple times and uh it's it's i have everything much more streamlined now uh so like today i'm doing a number of interviews just because it's I've, I've been able to schedule today to do such and then going forward i'll have the rest of my time will be either preparing the episode um in my in what little spare time i have and still trying to write still trying i got things at, at home and it's um and this year in particular uh, you know fans of the show know i mean i have not put out the number of episodes that i normally have it's i seem to be doing instead of every week i it's not quite every other week, but uh, maybe three a month instead of four. So just taking a break here and there and trying to uh, go along. But yeah, that's just what I can fit in right now. And there's there's times where I'm thinking, oh gosh, am I coming to the end? But then I get on on the call with my authors and I'm like, oh, I'm having such a good time. Like I don't I don't want to come to an end anytime soon. So. <laughs> Well, I think as long as you're enjoying it, you know, if you if you create a monster and become a victim of your own success and it's not enjoyable anymore, then, you know, who, why, why continue, you know, if you have the the choice and the option not to. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can tell by your voice that you're at least enjoying this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am. And that's been the, you know, that's for me that doing the show uh, in COVID that's been my release because I haven't been able to get back to my writing group. And that was my bi-weekly get together where I could go and talk shop and different writing concepts and hear other people's. And uh, I'd started the show a couple of years before, but um, throughout COVID and not being able to go back to my meetings, this has been my release and it's, it's always such a great feeling once I do get on the calls with somebody like yourself and yeah. And everybody, even a first time author, it's, I just am amazed sometimes talking with them and thinking, Oh my gosh, you were doing so much better than I was with book one. And uh, you are such a better writer than I am. And, but, (laughs) but at the same time, it just, it also fills my cup. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I appreciate what you do, um, you know, partly because I've done some podcasting and, and worked with authors and so on and so forth. But it's a, it's a gift, really, to authors and to prospective readers because they have a chance to connect with authors through your show 
and you know get a little sample of their writing and what have you. That to me um, just connects authors and readers in ways that are, are hard to achieve. Uh, so you 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 are you know providing a gift opportunity both for your listeners, for prospective readers, for authors, and and having a good time doing it. So don't stop anytime soon. <laughs> You are you are quite the magic man. You have turned the tables on me and made this about my show. Well, we need to be talking about you and your book. <laughs> We're all in this together. <laughs> so when uh, what do you have? Uh, or are you working on anything coming up or do you have an idea that you are kind of fleshing out? Well, um, I'm working on my seventh book. The book coming out is my fifth. I finished a sixth book that's actually a satire so it's completely different i'm shopping for an agent for that right now and the book i'm working on now is uh, contemporary fiction with a lot of thriller elements hmm. um and uh i i i'm quite excited about it and um hope to have at least the first draft on that finished certainly before the end of the year because uh, we're, we're making good progress on that. And um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. We'll find out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'll have to let me know when that's uh, coming out. We'll make sure to share that as well. Wow. I'm getting an invite to, to a show for a book that I haven't even finished writing. <laughs> I better hurry up and write. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. Victor, this has been a blast as always, and uh, always good to catch up with you. And I, I just, I look forward to speaking to you and, and hearing everything you've been up to and, and hearing about your fantastic books. They are such a delight and just as you are. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Right back at you. Cause you know, I, I just, I like, um, well, I like talking to other authors, but uh, you're so easy to talk to. And, um, you know, I hope you're, your listeners are uh, are tuning in to hear what I have to say, but I know that they're really tuning in to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Hey, uh, so is there anything we need to know going into uh, book two? Any kind of a setup? Well, yeah. Let me um, let me just read you what is you know uh, essentially back jacket. So it's just like you know three paragraphs. And then uh, before I, I'm going to read uh, chapter one of book two, and there's really only um, two, uh, two character names that you need to be aware of and, and one other thing. So basically, the book two opens up with the Illuminati. They're the bad guys. And um, the family heads are having a meeting. But the two ones to focus on are Rothschild. He's the head of the Illuminati. They give him a title of Pindar, but in, in this chapter, they're referring to him as consular and so on. And then the, the chief architect of the plans for a new world order is this um, guy named Conseco Lee, and he is the real bad dude. Both of these characters were in uh, book one. Uh, Lee is uh, the head of a company called Advanced Bionics. They do a lot of genetic research and a lot of uh secretive things so that's that's what you need to know for the chapter and as far as the the back jacket thing or, or preview 
Um, here it is. An apparition named the Virgin of Candelaria appeared to the Guanches of the Canary Islands. In a depiction of this event, stitched within the hem of her colorful robes are seven messages whose meaning has never been deciphered. Having completed her circle training, Serena Mendez is now a fully realized Candelaria in accord with her genetic heritage. But she is a warrior without a weapon as the magnitude and scope of the Illuminati plans for a new world order unfold, Serena must learn how to harness the power within her voice. Uncovering the significance of the Virgin's mysterious words holds the clue to unleash the Candelaria's full potential. The saga of venom and flame details the battle between truth and falsehood, light and darkness, between the masters of mind control and the brave warriors who oppose them. The War of the Two Serpents continues in Book Two, Revelation, as Serena and her allies fight to prevent a mounting apocalypse of death and destruction. Oh, fantastic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Uh, Victor, once again, where can people find and follow you? Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Everything is, is my name, victoraquista.com. Uh, Victor Quista author on Facebook, at uh, Victor Quista on Twitter, at Victor Quista on Instagram. And so that's that's where you can find me. Perfect. All right. And of course, everybody knows we're going to have links for all of that in the show notes. So just click there once this episode is over and uh, you can get on over there and follow Victor and grab his books. Victor, again, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful chat, and I'm so glad we were able to uh, to do this again. Yes, we'll meet. Same, same here. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason, and thank you, listeners. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside with my writer's block coffee and hand the floor over to my wonderful guest, Victor Aquista, with Revelation, the Saga of Venom and Flame, Book Two. Chapter One. Thank you, Servant Van Dunn, for an illuminating presentation. The single hand raised, waiting to be acknowledged. Servant Freeman, you may speak. Thank you, uh, Consular. Brother Van Dunn, when will the government program be ready for deployment? Our best estimates are four to six months. If there are no further questions, our final presentation is from Servant Lee. Consular Rothschild paused to scan each of the 12 family heads. In the absence of questions, he continued, you may proceed. Lee despised the chairman. His adherence to this self-gratifying meeting protocol, Luciferian service, and banal presentations strained Conseco's patience. Van Dunn's secret mind control black op offered little advance to what they already employed. He's a fool. They're both fools. Thank you, Consular. Lee looked at his two video screens showing the other 12 family heads. He wanted to see their expressions as he ran through the presentation. This is drone footage of a remote village in New Guinea taken six months ago. Population estimated at 124 inhabitants. Unremarkable scenes of active villages followed. Men, women, and children went about their routines. Evident poverty and rudimentary technology stood out as the only notable features. 
This is the same village one month ago. As the gasps and somewhat shocked faces of the others flashed across the screens, Lee felt a sense of pleasure. The footage revealed only a single dark-skinned woman running from body to bloody body. There was no sound, but her silent screams of anguish didn't require audio. Dogs licked at puddles of blood. Chickens and crows sampled the carrion, ambivalent to the deaths surrounding them and evidently unaffected. Lee gave the members a chance to absorb the scene before continuing. The pathogen is a modified hendrovirus, one of several agents causing viral hemorrhagic fevers or VHFs. An engineering significantly enhanced the pathogenicity and eliminated the animal vector. The drone zoomed onto a horse meandering about a feeding trough. Typically, this kind of uh, VHF is spread by contact with horses. As you can see, this animal is unaffected. Our agent solely infects humans, including children and adults. Recorded images of pigs, cats, and rats complemented additional footage of the dogs and birds previously shown. Gruesome, bloody pictures of children, men, and women flashed. The same villagers viewed previously some recognizable by the same bright clothing worn months earlier, now lay bloodied and lifeless. Lee continued his narration as the drone revealed three different corpses, all showing obviously pregnant women. The single living woman, face obscured by a rag, centered onto the recording as the drone panned down and showed a small baby bump. You are no doubt wondering about this single survivor, he watched as the other family heads leaned in to study the woman. The scene shifted to a larger village, perhaps a small city. There were cars, power lines, and evidence of more development. The small building nestled among several clustered shops came into focus. A sign written in a foreign language filled the screen. For those of you not familiar with Hiramotu, the sign reads, Health Clinic. Outreach workers from our clinic had traveled to the survivor's village to do a pregnancy check and to administer a prenatal shot. The deceased pregnant villages you previously viewed were too far along in their terms to be vaccinated. We must give our injection in the latter part of the first trimester. The drone footage returned to the woman. The prenatal shot contains a truly elegant strand of DNA that incorporates into the fetal genome. It is combined with an antiserum to the VHF we deployed. Insertion into the fetus is within 24 hours. The antiserum gives temporary immunity to the modified hendrovirus. I won't bore you with all the details, but as you can see, the drone panned back, the agent is 100% lethal unless antiserum neutralizes it. What you can see, the drone zoomed into the woman's abdomen, bulged by the baby beneath her ragged clothes. Is the effect upon the fetus? Consular Rothschild interrupted. A better human being. I like to think so. Lee hid his annoyance at the chairman's comment. I have previously prevented on advanced bionic successful genetic reprogramming efforts. This infant will have all the latest improvements. Noteworthy about this brief presentation, is that it is our first trial combining these two different research efforts. It represents an important step forward in achieving the master plan. The video darkened, leaving Lee's stoic face filling the screens for all the remaining family members to look at. Rothschild spoke. Servant Lee, thank you for another excellent update. 
we are ever closer. Applause followed. Do any brothers have questions? He paused as two hands raised. Servant DuPont, you first, then Servant Freeman. Thank you, Consular, and thank you, Brother Lee. How was the agent deployed? We introduced the targeted biologic into the water supply, the village's only well, DuPont followed up. That is effective if there is a single source and no methods of filtering or decontamination. That would be a difficult method to use for most municipal water systems. Agreed. That is why we are developing a micro droplet dispersion system that can seed the clouds, Lee smiled. That method would be particularly lethal during monsoon season. Impressed murmurs of agreement follow. Severin Freeman, your question. Thank you, Brother Lee, for your exemplary work. What about the vaccine that you administered? Have you concluded trials? Trials are ongoing, but we are confident of the results. The chairman resumed. As there are no further questions, I remind you that our next meeting will be together in fellowship under the hill. I ask Servant Lee to bind us in prayer. Thank you, Consular Rothschild. Prior to the blessing, I almost forgot. Next meeting, I am planning a surprise. All rise. The 13 men stood, raised their left hands and placed them over their hearts. Lee spoke. We, the chosen, pledge to serve the light Lucifer has brought to us. To illuminate, they said in unison and touched their foreheads. Lee continued. May he guide us, they each touched their left shoulders, and bless us, they touched their right shoulders, until his light shines upon all. The thirteen rested their hands back upon their hearts. In unison they recited, May the light shine upon us in glory. There we go. That was Victor Aquista reading a sample chapter from his brand new book, Revelation, The Saga of Venom and Flame, Book 2. The book is available right now. It just came out August 23rd, so make sure you click that link in the show notes to go pick up a copy for yourself. Don't forget to follow Victor on all of his, uh, all the links in the show notes for him, and follow our sponsor, our affiliate, and friends at uh, on the other podcasts as well. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next time when I'm back with a new author, another book, and an all-new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. See you again real, real soon. <laughs>